Welcome to episode 375 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, team, welcome along to episode 375 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I am very good, Bevan. How's hey. that long riding going? Oh, sensational. How long was the longest ride? Uh, s- let, let's not be silly about it. I've probably been doing two and a half hours. That's a long ride. It is these days. Is it really? Yeah. You've got to win Kona. Quality. Quality over quantity at this stage. What's quality? Quality is doing some, I'm doing some, I'm going through a bit of a VO2 max phase. Oh, really? Pretty painful. Actually, I'm, I think I'm doing a time trial this week. John, I think we need to do a show on, because we often talk about how to measure. You know, we often talk about, um, you know, the tools we use and the training zones and stuff, but we never really talk about how to set up your programs and, you know, what, what you know, how much time should you be spending in the different zones or, you know, like, you know, we never really okay. talk about that stuff. I'll try to get onto that. Yeah. So do that for next week's show. For me at the moment, it's basically two quality sessions a week, two and a half quality sessions a week. A half? What do you do? Halfway through one session, well, you go, I've had enough. That's not, yeah, it's not quite so hard. <laughs> but at the moment, I've basically got one session, uh, I may have, by the time the show comes out, I may have moved on to a slightly different phase. But uh, session number one is basically um, four minute intervals. And I'm, I've got, are we building up to eight or nine of those? And four minute intervals. Four minute intervals. So it's oh, four okay. minutes on, four minutes off. I thought off. you meant four one minute intervals. No, no. And they're done at, uh, what am I doing, Matt? I think I'm doing about 335 watts, which is about 20 watts or so above my TT pace. So it's pretty yep. pretty difficult and you're getting pretty poked by the end of it. And so that's one session. The other session is actually doing some short, sharp stuff, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. So you're doing a lot of anaerobic work? At the moment I am. So prior to the, the previous phase, I was doing sort of just sub-anaerobic threshold work, so just below or at my anaerobic so threshold. So that's building you? Building. And so I was sort of pushing my, trying to push my zone a little bit from below, and now I'm doing it just above anaerobic threshold, so I'm sort of trying to pull my threshold up a little bit. And it's also... Uh, when do you go more to your aerobic zone? Oh, later on. Later on. Later on. Build yep. your base later. Yep. Uh, so... And is that because it's winter and you're trying to get most use of your time well there's the physiological adaptations and there's also the mental adaptations and I think a lot of people if they stick in that aerobic training all the time which is really really beneficial really beneficial and and most people need that but mentally doing this hard stuff is really challenging you learn how to fight don't you you've got to push yourself pretty hard yeah it's good stuff I talk is proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com the tasty 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 goodness athlinks.com the tasty results Extreme endurance, tasty lactic buffer. It's not S- really that tasty. SLSTry.com, tasty clothes, and trainingpeaks.com. Tasty place to put your training log. Mm. John, again, I'm in America still, and I'm loving it. I went to um, where am I still now? You're, went, you're, you're probably I'm in, in Vegas. Vegas, Vegas, baby, Vegas. I met Elton John last night. Oh, cool. Yep, yep. You uh, are actually going to a concert when you're there or not? I'll, I'll try. Mm. I'll be in a show. Yep. Yeah, I love shows. Mm. I, love live, I love live performances. Good. And uh, so that's good. So, yeah, and um, I put, I've, I've already won 10,000. 10,000? Yeah, I told you to put 20 down on black. 20, yeah, yeah and but tonight yep. I'm putting all my income. Thanks for, all, thanks for all those donations for everybody from the show. Yeah, yep, thank you for everyone putting it into my um, Vegas fund. And I'm going to put it all on red or black, John. I usually go black. Good, because I told my cast in Christchurch I'm going to put 100 on black. Yeah. So I'm going to 100 thousand because <laughs> I'm a big roller mm-hmm. I listened to this interview the other day with a guy who was uh, 
a crazy he's the guy basically you know remember when Facebook went public did you see the news article about the artist no so there was a guy basically when Facebook started he was he was one of the world's most famous artists mm. and I don't know the full story but something like this they, they said to him can you do a mural on our wall in the office and mm. they couldn't really afford to pay him so he took shares in the company mm. and when it went public he made, he made like 500 million dollars like yeah. he, he made a lot of money yeah. and for, you know it's just for doing a piece of art yeah and so, and but he's an addictive gambler, and he was talking about how he goes to Vegas and he'll spend ten million bucks in a night. Crazy. And you're saying how he, he stopped gambling now because he's got a problem, but he's saying he'll, he'll do a bet and it'll be like two hundred thousand mm. dollars. Yeah, it's all, it's all relative, though, isn't it? Is I mean, it really two hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, that's another world, isn't it? It is. Like if you, if you, I would say, ah, oh, I'd love to have two thousand, hundred thousand dollars right now. I would too. So well, I am, I am, because I'm putting my, all, all my go. money on. It's coming away. Black, black. There it's you go. Away. Anyway, um, so we've got some news. Uh, we've got a couple of interviews, John. We have got a couple. Today is the, the Doctor's Show. Doctors are in the house. So we have an interview with Larry Creswell from Endurance Corner. Yeah, great interview. And we did that a few weeks ago, just didn't we? Harping on, we're just harping on and on about these heart issues. But this is, this I is think a, we, we put a line in the sand and say that's it now. This is it. That's three. Three's, three's three, got three okay, different opinions. We had the nutrition period for a while, mm-hmm. and that ended up being quite painful. Yeah. Oh, it's good stuff. Oh, we just created confusion. I haven't got a recipe this week. I apologise to the audience. I haven't got a recipe <laughs> this week. I've actually had, <laughs> since, since that last recipe, I've had thousands of emails saying, stop it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we only did that interview, too. we only did that 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so we've got Larry Creswell um, just rounding rounding it all off in terms of the, the heart rate issues. And he's also the guy that we mentioned a while back on the show. He did some research with USAT uh, around swim safety and, and what's really going on there in terms of cardiac arrests and, and what have you. So, so we, we, we touch on that as well as other heart-related stuff, but Larry's an endurance athlete with endurancecorner.com and uh, he's also got a bunch of articles up there, so you can check that out, endurancecorner.com slash Larry Creswell, and he's got a blog as well that we'll mention later. And we also have an interview at menopause, don't we? We do, so this is a bit of a, a, bit of a scary topic for Bevan and I in terms of... Well, we're not really experts, are we? We're not experts. Um, and Did your mum have... Like, was your mum, uh, did you know when she had a period? No. Oh, see, I always knew we're, we're a British family. Just oh, very. Keep things. But yeah. what about on the emotional front? Did you know when, oh, wait We don't have emotions in our family. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ask Belinda about that. <laughs> okay. See, my family is very emotional. We're very lovey and touchy and all that kind of crap. And uh, my mum, every month you knew when she had a period. Yeah. Yep. She let you know that she wasn't in a happy place. Right. Yep. And she'd walk around a bit miserable and. And I used to always say, you're just putting it on. And that really didn't go that well. <laughs> so. so we've got Barbara Nielsen, who's been a, a long time listener to the show. She started on episode one. Yeah, how did so. she find us? I know, we should have asked her that. Yeah, because like, how do people find us early on? And she's reporting live from... Live? Live from Hawaii. 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 And uh, I'm an athlete as well, so we, we always well, like that. Barbara sounds like a bit of a legend all around, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. She's an Ironman, she's a brainiac, she's been married for 30 years... Got twin kids. Yeah. Girl was on fire. Crazy. Got an Iron Talk nickname. What was the nickname? Was it Jet Rocket? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Good times. Okay, news, John. So, we've got some races We can't talk about the results because we don't know them. Yes. So, well done to everybody who raced well recently. We've got a 
bunch of non-WTC races coming up this weekend. We've got the Expedition Man in Tahoe, Reno in Vegas. Bevan, you can go and watch it if you're there this weekend. I'm Ta- actually racing it. It's, um, I don't know how far Reno is. 24th, Reno is. Expedition Man. We've got the Hard Man, which is in uh, <laughs> Kalani in Ireland. You've got the Aust- I love how it's all about self-identification. Mm. You know, it's all about you become this person if you do this race. Mm. You become an Iron Man. You become a Hard Man. You go up to chicks at a party. <laughs> I'm a hard man. Well, last, <laughs> last week we had the peasant man. The peasant Go man. Go to a girl at a party. I'm a peasant. What's another way you can name races that aren't so much about self-identity? It could be location-based, I suppose. Yes, some of them do that. The beach to battleship. Yeah. Uh, they do that one. Uh, vine man. Vine? Is really. it because it's the wineries? Is it? It's all out through the vineries. Um, wildflower. Yeah. It's mm. only really, there's two options. Isles triathlon. What was it? Where I'm an Isles man. It's, it's me. Yeah. 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 I'm an Isles man. The House of Travel Triathlon Festival. Our sponsors. Yes. Yep. It's, it's another one. Go look after your sponsors, people. 24th. I will be in Vegas, John. Mm. I don't know how far Reno is from Vegas. But anyway, it's, it's in the same state, which sometimes doesn't mean a lot. So you've got the Hard Man in uh, Ireland. You've got the Austria Tri Pottersdorf race in Austria, funnily enough. Another every week. There is the, big woody, the Big Woody isn't, isn't you at self-identification. No. You know, I've got a big woody. Yeah. Let's try that one at a party. <laughs> I'm a hard man and I've got a big woody. Yeah. <laughs> Those races. <laughs> That's a UK race and they got another one this week. Goodness. Every week. The Chi Tri Man in France. The My Titanium in Grand Rapids. What's MI? Missouri? Minnesota? Yeah, I wouldn't have a clue. Wouldn't have a clue. And then I guess uh, probably one Penticton. which is real interest this weekend, we've got the Canadian Showdown. We've got Challenge Penticton, formerly Ironman Canada, is is going across to the Challenge. So there was a bit of controversy when that happened. And uh, as far as our understanding was, you know, the licence with WTC was at an end. So it was not like Challenge went in and did a hostile takeover or anything like that. Basically the, the contract came up and they were weighing up Challenge Iron Man, they decide to go for challenge. Um, so, yeah, again, I think that the race itself, it's still the same course. Um, when you're well, out there, if let's say challenge didn't come in, was that race going to be a goner? I think they, I think they, I don't know. I would assume they would have stayed with WTC when they didn't. didn't I would assume. So. Oh, so it wasn't that WTC said no, we want to go somewhere else. Yes, it's just the contract ended and challenge jumped on board quickly. Yep. Or presented, they both presented their offers and and they went with the challenge. So, um, yeah, the course is going to be the same. Be interesting to hear whether the whether it's the, the same sort of feel, whether the field's as big. Um, so if you're doing that race, you know, give us a bit of feedback on um, either Facebook or, or pop us a note. Um, we won't be able to talk about it for, for a couple of weeks yet because Bevan's still away. He's uh, losing all the Actually, may, this may, may be the last out. show because I've made so much money. Or, or you uh, or lost you, it all. <laughs> you went down to the pawn shop and traded in a, a one-way ticket to New Zealand. Um, That's right. And uh, you can't get back now and you're broke. I'm swimming. I'm swimming back. On, it might take me a few months. Street. So if you see a, a guy with a mullet wandering around with not many clothes on, <laughs> In, in Vegas I'm sure there's, there's lots Bevan. of people like that you won't even know yeah <laughs> and so Challenge Penticton's on this weekend and the, the new one on the block is uh, Ironman Canada which is in Whistler they they really pumped that up with uh, I think they put 100 Kona slots on there and uh, it looks like a yeah, I assumed it was going to be a really, really tough course, you know, being in Whistler, being in the Rockies. But looking at the profile, it doesn't look particularly, a uh, particularly difficult course. Um, but I'm sure it'll be beautiful and scenic. Uh, Pete McLeod is up there; he's racing. So is Ian nice. Wood and Zania Morrison, our local contingent, and. Um, 
Pete's been up there and I think he's been checking out the course and it sounds pretty nice. Okay. So check that out. And then finally this weekend coming up, we've got uh, Ironman Louisville. And this weekend, this week is the last week of Kona qualifying. So this time next week we should, or we won't know because we're pre-recording, but all the Kona qualifying will be done. So Canada and Louisville are the last opportunities, I believe, to qualify for Kona because I'm pretty sure it's August 31st is when cutoff date is done. Mm. So there might be a few sneaky late entries going in there or late point accruals. Okay, well, there you go. So that's pretty much the news for this week, John. We're going to talk a little bit about SLS Try, and we're talking about Kiwis and Aussies. Time to start thinking about your summing racing and getting your Iron Talk kit. Yes, that's right. So if you're obviously you're ordering things from overseas, uh, you need to allow a little bit of time. But Kiwis and Aussies, now is the time to be thinking about it. The Iron Talk race suits. You can get them from SLS Try. Um, 150 bucks to, to get yourself a kick-ass suit and you will be looking awesome. I've been racing in it. I spent all last season racing in it. Um, cool stuff. You look good. Um, Bevan's never raced in a one-piece and I had not raced in a one-piece until, until until this time. Really? Ever, ever? This is my first ever. I yeah. find that mind-blowing. Oh, it doesn't take much to blow your mind. Well, no, it does because how many years have you been racing? A lot. So you started in 1990, didn't you? Uh, yeah, good memory. I think it was, yeah, it was, nine, it was either 90 or 91, maybe 91, I think. 91. Okay, so you've been racing for 22 years mm. and you've been through the Speedo. Speedo's for a long you've time. You've had the boob tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have had the boob tube. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, You've done, you know, your traditional try stuff and you've ne- never done a one piece. Never done the one piece, but I have now. Why not? Um, I just always had different things going on. Um, different people providing me with different things and uh, just didn't need to go down that path. If I'd been doing non-wetsuit swims, then I certainly would have gone down that path a lot earlier, but uh, but I wasn't. You know, All the swims in New Zealand are uh, uh, wetsuit swims, and, and when I did any other races, they always tended to be wetsuit-based swims, uh, with the exception of Kona, so that probably would have been the one time where I would have benefited from this. But yeah. The I'm Talk suit, it's, um, it's looking good. It's a great way you can support the show, a great way you can support one of our sponsors in SLS. So um, Kiwis and Aussies, they they basically have some in stock, but they also have to replenish that stock, so you need to give it plenty of time to, to order it and uh, make sure it's here in time for racing, which usually kicks off around November, December time down our neck of the woods. So you just go onto slstry.com and uh, just either go into men or women and just click on the links and they've got it, they've got it listed up there. If you've got any questions or anything like that, always just, just pop them a note and uh, they can sort you out. Mm-hmm. So check it out, um, slstry.com. And on the tri suits and the IM Talk stuff, they've already discounted it, so you can't use the IM Talk promo code. If you're getting anything else from the site, you can use the IM Talk code and you get yourself a nice, healthy discount on any of their stuff in the SLS store. And they have got the sales section. Always good to check out the sales section. Did it feel cool putting your one piece on? Uh, it's pretty easy, yeah. It's yeah. pretty easy. I yeah. do like that, and I like having a little zipper at the front there. keeps you keeps you a little bit cool. Yeah. Get that little porn star look going on. That's right. You can do it because you've got your hairy chest yeah, too. Yeah, I have. Yeah, so there we go. Okay, so let's try, guys. Check, check, check it out. We've got an interview coming up with Lawrence Creswell, and it's the one about heart, and it's a uh, it's a great interview. Larry, actually. Larry. Oh, sorry. It's Lawrence, but it's Larry. Oh, uh, Lawrence, but Larry. Lawrence, but Larry. Yep. AKA Larry. So yeah, Larry's got some. So it's great to have when we've got listeners who are experts in their fields. Um, they're athletes in their own right. Um, 
and so they can give the, the athlete side a spin of it. So really, we just wanted to get just a, a third opinion around the, the heart-related issues, some some tips for you guys on any concerns that you might still have, because that was a, a probably a normal circumstance, I wouldn't have harped on about this, but I think people got so shit scared after maybe listening to Tams and they were really quite stressed out about the whole situation around their heart. Um, I just wanted to get a couple of other opinions so you guys know what to look out for, what you need to be aware of, um, and just some general tips. And we also do go into some of the swim stuff as well. Okay, here we go. Here's Larry. <coughs> right, on today's show we have uh, one of the, the, the team from Endurance Corner, a columnist there, uh, Larry Creswell. Who doctor. Doctor Larry Creswell. You work hard to be a doctor, John. You don't just you don't forget that. You, you don't. You yeah. don't. He's the Associate Professor at Surgery at the University of Mississippi Medical Centre. Well, in, so he's, uh, he's a brainiac. He's a lot higher than our level, isn't he? He is. That's yeah. not hard, though. That's, no, that's not hard. true. Yeah. So uh, welcome along to the show, Larry. Well, thank you very much for having me. And, um, and a listener of the show as well. Oh, absolutely. The show is awesome. <laughs> oh, we love you, Larry. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Larry, it's yeah. got to be a good ring to it. Um, uh, sometimes people think that we, we maybe do topics to death over here. You know, if I get hold of something, I, I, I do a few things. And we're going to talk a bit more about the heart-related issues because I think it's really important that it, it clearly is an issue in our, in our sport. Um, but I'd just like to get Canvas a few different opinions on it so, so then you listeners can actually make a, some informed choices about it. So we're going to talk a bit more about that with, with Larry because he's obviously in that field. So I, I guess the first thing, Larry, you know, long term, um, you know, what are the heart sort of consequences on your heart of, of doing endurance sport based off, you know, the interviews we've had with, um, with Tamsin and, and, and I'm not sure if you heard the one with Douglas as well. No, I did hear both of the, the podcasts, the listening in on Tamsin as well as Douglas Scott. I thought they had a lot to, to say that would be useful for your audience. I think that my bottom line would be that for almost everybody, exercise is a healthy pursuit. There are just uh, so many reasons that um, exercise leads to very well-documented health benefits that exercise really ought to be a part of everybody's life. I think that we've seen here in the past year or two um, some observations, some of them very serendipitous, uh, mind you, but some observations in long-term endurance athletes that might give us reason for some pause about the possibility that there could be a point where too much exercise uh, might be too much of a good thing. Mm. So, I mean, like Douglas, you're obviously um, into tri racing and you're obviously in the, the field where the, where the potential controversy is. I mean, so it really doesn't give you yourself too much cause for concern? Uh, I would say it really doesn't. I... Um, I'd like to think I'm I'm objective and and keep an open mind about about new information as it comes along. I think that's important. But for me, um, I really took up the sport because of the health benefits. I do believe it's healthy, and I'm out there every day exercising and make competition or racing um, a part of what I do. Mm. Larry, can I ask? You know, you say some of the research is showing long-term endurance athletes. You know. Is there a gauge on how much is too much? Like if you're someone who's doing 10 hours a week, is that doable? Or once you start to get to 20 hours, or is it an intensity thing? Like are there some gauges around what the thinking is? You know, those are all very good questions. Uh, you can imagine that there's probably what I would call a sweet spot where you might do 
an amount of exercise that, that gets you most of the health benefits, but doesn't result in any harm. Mm -hmm. And it would be great if we could define that sweet spot for people, even if that sweet spot might not be the same for everybody. And if we look back over the last 10, 20, 30 years, a lot of effort has been put into, uh, kind of funny in a way, trying to find what would be the minimum amount of exercise that you might need to do mm -hmm. to enjoy the health benefits. That's really where the work's been been centered. And it's been centered there because that's the question that affects most people. How, how much time do I have to spend up off the couch exercising? Um, do I need to do in order to, to be healthy or to get most of the, the healthy benefits? Less attention, though, has been paid to the other end of that sweet spot. How much can we do and still avoid whatever harm might come? And I think that the observations at that end of the spectrum is really what has what have caught the eye of of many of us who are endurance athletes. So um, I guess one one final question I've got sort of on the on well on the heart related issue. You know, a lot of these people we see having incidences um, in races or or in training, and obviously in a few cases there's some, some deaths, which is incredibly tragic. Would these people have likely have had these things happen to them regardless or not if they're doing endurance um, sports, or is it, is it a bit hard to say, sort of cast a wand over everybody? It might be a little bit hard to say. I, I do think that the, the risk of, of, of dying is greater while you're exercising than it is when you're sitting down watching the television. Mm. And that's a little, maybe that's counterintuitive because over the long term, um, the chance of dying is, is less if you're an exerciser. Um, but the truth of the matter is that there is a greater chance of dying um, if you spend an hour exercising than if you spent the hour watching the television. Mm, mm. But, but in saying that, it's a very small chance. It's indeed a very, very small chance. I think yeah. that, you know, you talk about people dropping dead while they race or while they, they train. That's a, that's a very rare event. Mm despite the fact that it captures a lot of, of public attention. So that leads on, uh, you're a broadcasting professional, Larry. Um, you're, you're doing our work. <laughs> leads on nicely to my next point, which is, um, you know, you, you, we, we mentioned some of the research you did on the show a little while back with regards to, to swim safety. So I guess that's an area I'm, I'm really interested in, is actually looking at some of the stats, because as you said, the media grabs hold of these um, these tragic deaths that occur, and all of a sudden that almost becomes a perception that it's quite widespread. So, I mean, um, when you've looked into this, and, and I know I think you looked more into the swim side of things, but what are the stats sort of telling us in terms of the, the incidence of, of, of heart issues and, and I guess, um, yeah, what, what else you found in terms of the actual stats and, and, and how much danger we are actually putting ourselves in? Sure. I had a, a chance this past year or two to be involved with USA Triathlon, um, which took an interest in this, this issue because of the media attention um, paid to athlete fatalities. And a group of us looked back at the experience over nine or ten years' time at races here in the United States and found that um, in a nine-year period, 45 athletes died during a race or immediately after a race. And during that time, that probably involved about, oh, just over three million athletes. Okay. And so we're talking about a a chance of dying at a race in this country of about one in 
75,000 participants or so. Mm. And so that's a, that's, a, that's a very small number. You don't want it to be you, of course. And, <laughs> yeah. and you don't want it to be your, your husband or your wife. And you, if you're a race director, you don't want to ha- have it happen at your race. And you don't want it to happen in your community if you're the, 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 the government, the local mayor. And um, you don't want it to happen in a race that you've insured. And so for a lot of reasons, a death at a race attracts attention. But the real fact is that it's a it's a rare event, um, and it is similar in magnitude that risk to what comes along at a at a marathon run. Um, sort of put it into some sort of perspective. But the truth is that people die of sudden cardiac arrest or a sudden cardiac death in almost any exercise setting, whether that be in training or in or in yeah. competition. Well, we've had a gym, and, and even at gyms over the years, I've worked at the gyms. We've had a, a couple of deaths through, you know, cardiac arrest. Indeed, I've had a one of my one of my heart surgery colleagues died on a on a hotel treadmill at a mm. medical meeting. Um, it can happen. It can happen anywhere, but it attracts the most attention when it happens at a race, particularly at a high profile race in a large city or in a large media market. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, so, so what, 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 aside from the numbers, um, what were some of the other findings you sort of found and, and maybe what were some of your recommendations that you came up um, in conjunction with USAT? It turns out that about two-thirds or so of the, of the fatalities occurred during the swim, like you were, you were saying earlier. And um, it's that portion of the race that's gotten most of the attention, both in, in um, I don't know, heightening awareness and, and trying to figure out what we might do differently uh, to do better. Um, you know, you mentioned that in your your last um, go-round with, with Dr. Scott how difficult it is to tend to somebody who has a heart problem while they're out in the open water. Mm-hmm. You know, in order to, in order to turn a, a victim into a survivor after cardiac arrest, they really, the athlete needs to be tended to almost immediately needs to have CPR right away, needs to have a defibrillator to restore the, the heart rhythm right away. And all of that is very challenging to do when we're talking about open water swimming. And as it turns out, there are very, very few survivors of, of cardiac arrest when it happens um, offshore. Um, in terms of recommendations, I think that um, I think that there are responsibilities that could be um, broken down into who bears the responsibility. I think that each athlete bears a, a good amount of responsibility here. I think that um, in the end, we, we thought that, that simply saying that the athlete has the responsibility of showing up on race day healthy, fit, and prepared, and that has parts to it. You need to be healthy. You need to make sure that you've done what you can do to make sure that your health is in the best possible position to take on the, the day's event. Um, be ready and prepared training wise to take on the challenge of whatever event that you have um, chosen. I think that that athletes really ought to to think very carefully about what they're doing and what they can bring to the race in in their preparedness. So have you had much feedback from um, you know the last couple of races in North America? You know, I've, I've literally had feedback from just two athletes that I coached um, for for Coeur d'Alene based on the changes to the swim start, and, and they said it worked pretty well. But have you had much um, other feedback from, from athletes doing those events? 
I, I've heard a variety of, of, of comments. I know that the the um, intention on the part of WTC is to to improve the safety at the start. You can imagine that when the when the large race starts with two thousand or more competitors all on the start line together and starting to swim at the same time, that if there were an emergency, if a if an athlete had a heart problem in the middle of that pack shortly after the start, it would be impossible to identify the victim. It would be impossible to rescue the victim. Mm-hmm. Now, that said, the, the Ironman folks have had a great deal of success with water safety, and they've not had any um, fatalities occur at the start of a race, regardless of how the race was started. But they're thinking ahead and trying to to be as safe as they can be. And I think that this season where they're trialing a number of different start methods is a is a good place to begin. Um, and I, I do get the, the sense that they are um, soliciting feedback from the athlete community in terms of of their their expectations and experiences. And I think that they'll they'll at the end of the season um, make some targeted changes to what they do going forward. Larry, um, what is it about doing endurance sport that is bad for the heart? Is it is it the, the duration? Is it the intensity? Like, what do you know? Have much insight into what's actually the cause of the problem? Well, I'd say that that by and large, endurance sport is healthy for the heart. Um, I, I think that that's true for almost everybody. What what happens in at least some some small number of people is that, um, for instance, over a over a long period of time, there is um, a greater frequency of having arrhythmia problems, particularly atrial fibrillation among endurance athletes, and that'd be true regardless of what your particular endurance sport was. But particularly in the news these past couple years have been findings like patchy scarring in the heart that's unexplained in long-time runners, or buildup of calcium in the arteries of long-time runners that has no explanation or apparent explanation. I'd say at this point, those findings don't have any don't seem to have any negative consequence. It isn't that these athletes are more more prone to have a heart attack or a shorter life as a result, but we're trying to understand what it is about repeated um, um, or long-term repetitive endurance exercise that that might lead to those changes, even if it only happens in a in a a minority of participants. I I just don't I just don't think we know very much yet. Yeah. What about regards to, you know, like nowadays we've got the CrossFits, we've got this, you know, the high intensity hits type training coming through and it is very short intensity exercises, but, you know, they are people who are going to their absolute maximum in those workouts. Um, what, what, what about the long-term implications of those type of workouts? Well, we don't know what the long-term repercussions are we, and we'll only know when we, when we get 20 years down the line and look back. My sense is that, is that, short periods of intense activity or exercise are probably equally healthy to longer periods of, of less intense activity. And you might well, in, in a shorter period of time, accumulate the, the health benefits that go mm-hmm. along with exercise. But I don't think we'll know the answer to that question until we can take stock you know, 20 years down the line and look back. 
Yeah. Bevan, I think the bottom line is you're screwed because you've yeah. done you've done the high intensity. <laughs> I've done both. Stuff yep. Give me two more years. I've got to get to ten years of the show. <laughs> nice knowing you. <yeah. laughs> awesome. I, I suppose, Larry. Then, so, so if, the, if you, you know, like, okay, there seems to be a problem. It doesn't seem to be as big as we think. Um, but there are, you know, are there maybe you know some tips that we need to think about as athletes around just being aware of this stuff and things to do that are going to make us healthier in the long term. Yeah, I think so. I think that I think that one very important thing for endurance athletes to realize is that there there are two concepts here. There's there's healthiness or health, and then there is fitness, and the two are not necessarily the same, or or they might be linked. But but it's very possible to be fit and unhealthy, and not even realize it. I'd say. And so, can you, can you give us I, an example? Yeah, I, I think that it's possible for, for people to have a heart problem and not realize they have it. And you only have to look at the list of, of even, even high-profile elite triathletes in recent years who've, mm-hmm. who've discovered a heart problem well into their elite careers. Mm-hmm. Um, Norman Stadler, Torbjorn, Zimbali, mm-hmm. um, Steve Larson, um, people who, who probably went along thinking that they were very fit and very healthy – well, they were very fit, but they weren't particularly healthy um, from a heart perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's an opportunity for endurance athletes to to pause, to visit the doctor, give some consideration to their particular circumstance as it relates to heart health. Obviously, best done before you put the first few steps out the door, um, taking up the sport. But but you know, do it now when when there's a moment you know, at hand to take stock of your heart health and with a doctor and sort of think about that carefully. And then as you're going about training and competing, pay very close attention to the warning signs, however subtle they might be, that there could be a problem at hand and have that tended to um, as quickly as you would to some sort of orthopedic problem that, that came up. Mm-hmm. So, so what are some of those warning signs? I think that chest pain, particularly when it comes with exertion, um, goes away when you stop exerting yourself is worrisome. Any problem with unexplained shortness of breath, and we all will have some calibration of what shortness of breath comes with a particular level of exertion. But when there's something new or different about that shortness of breath, or it comes or lasts longer than it should, or is different in character, something has changed. I think that's worth worth getting checked out. You mentioned on your last show with Dr. Scott, blacking out or coming close to blacking out. Well, blacking out during exercise is a very serious problem. Um, the one time where that might be explainable is when that comes at the very end of a long race, you get to the finish line and have a near blacking out spell. That might be explainable. But almost any other time that you have blacking out would be uh, cause for concern. Um, fatigue. Uh, any level of fatigue that wasn't ordinary for you um, would be worth getting checked out. And then lastly, the things that have to do with heart rhythm problems, so palpitations in the chest, or you might feel them in the head as an abnormal or irregular heartbeat. All of those things are are warning signs um, that something is amiss and would deserve looking into. I think this is re- it's really important for the listener to to think about this because 
You know, typically, uh, or at least for the male side of our audience, is that, you know, typically men will think, oh, she'll be right kind of attitude. You know, that, you know, I know at least in New Zealand, traditionally men don't tend to get on top of their medical problems and, they, you know, the symptom doesn't, they don't really respond to the symptoms. And uh, if you're listening to this right now and you know you're that kind of character, in this situation, you really do want to get it checked out, don't you, Larry? I think that's right. I, I've been surprised that in my my relatively small circle of endurance athletes, friends, how many men fit into that story that you just told where they write off the, the little bit of nagging chest pain that comes on mm-hmm. and either one go on to have a heart attack and then get it sorted out or with some encouragement go to, to see a doctor reluctantly and if they really do have a serious problem that needs looking into mm-hmm. uh, or treatment for. And I think that men are particularly that way. We 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 don't want to see the doctor in the best of times. You want to ignore a problem and, and get on with the next race. But but I, I really do think that that paying close attention to those those four or five warning signs that I tossed out there would put people in very good stead. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's all over, Rover, if you've got a heart issue, does it? Because, I mean, the first one that no. springs to mind for me is Gina Crawford, and she's still racing the house down, and um, I, I probably do worry for her a bit in terms of the number of Ironman races she's doing and the potential stress she's putting herself under. But just because you've got an issue doesn't mean it's necessarily all over for you, is it? No, I think that the vast majority of, of, of athletes with heart problems can get them sorted out and treated in a way that lets them continue to participate, and that can even be at the highest levels. You mentioned Gina Crawford. There are there are a number now. Aaron Dencham has come back. Sam Wariner, um, mm. a couple that come to mind um, sort of off the top of my head. Mm. I could probably think of others um, who have come back and are, are really competing at the at the highest levels, despite having some sort of recognized heart problem that that got sorted out. Mm-hmm. Anything else you'd like to add on the whole the whole topic, Larry? That we may may have uh, skimmed over. No, I think we've done a we've we've sort of covered a, a a wide a wide swath here. I'd say that that I just encourage athletes to sort of take charge of their 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 health and their heart health in in particular, and and I really wouldn't want to see. Um, people out there um, return to the return to the couch rather than than be out there and exercising because of some of the things that have have been in the press. I think that would be the wrong message, and I think that um, it's easy to it might be easy to fall into that trap. Mm, definitely, guys. If, if you're keen to hear a bit more about um, what Larry's had to say, uh, he's got a, a heaps of um, articles, articles he's, yeah. he's written up on Endurance Corner. So you can go to um, slash Larry underscore Creswell to get all the list of. And uh, I know I have a link to that on www. I am talk for this week's show notes. Yeah, and um, yeah, Larry. I mean, uh, in terms of your involvement with Endurance Corner, are you, are you basically just a columnist, or do you go along to the camps and stuff as well? I do. I go to the, the camps here, here and there. Um, they've been a great group of people to, to be associated with these, these past few years. And, and whereabouts are you based if people uh, want to come and see you or, or take you down at a particular race? Sure. I'm at the, um, at the University of Mississippi. I'm in Jackson, Mississippi, here in the, the hot southeast of our, of our country. Yeah. Um, and the one other place that you could you could find me online. I keep a blog, and it's the um, www.athletesheart.blogspot.com would be another spot to, to find me and some information about 
all things related to the heart and endurance sport. And what, what's your plan for this season? What do you got on? It's, a, it's been a, a season of some longer swimming events. Um, mm-hmm. Next up is um, a trip to London next week to, to do a 14-kilometer swim. Oh, really? Um, a river swim. So I'm looking forward to that. Where, wow. that, where, where what river swim would you do in, in London? You swim in the Thames? Yes, it's the the Henley um, Bridge to Bridge swim. Um, cool. So on Henley to Marlowe. Very nice. Uh, so looking forward to that. Did too many people do it? Um, gosh, um, I'm thinking there'll be 200 people or so. Okay, so kind of a small local kind of thing, but you're just the, you're the international flavour. <laughs> That's right. What's nice about it, it was a a longish swim where it's not too too far from shore and so nice. i was looking at that as the as the way to break into a little bit longer distance swimming nice good strategy awesome larry well thanks so much for your time it's been um yeah again i think it's added f- further clarica- clarification and you know because i think initially when we talked to tams and um awesome stuff that she presented but probably we, we scared people into into something and they just i don't know just need to pause and have a bit of a think about these things and um yeah that's no, been fantastic so thanks for your time well, you're very welcome, guys. Awesome, mate. Yeah, you have a great day, mate. Good stuff there from Larry, wasn't it? It is. And if you want to hear any more from Larry, go to, as we mentioned, He's got a great blog. athletesheart.blogspot.com. And uh, also, he's got a bunch of articles up on endurancecorner.com. Um, you can search for Larry slash Larry Creswell. Um, but those Endurance Corner is just awesome place for getting some really good, insightful guys just can- to- Get it, Geeking get out a little bit too, it's good yeah, in-depth it's stuff. Really, um, but at, at, at the same time, it's some of it's in-depth, but some of it's just really practical stuff You know that, that you guys can apply. Rather than searching Google for every Tom, Dick and Harry um, stuff, you know you know that Gordo's not going to let guys who are monkeys onto the site in terms of uh, expressing their opinions on things. And they've just got hundreds and hundreds of articles on there. Obviously got their camps as well um, and a great team of coaches there. So check it out at endurancecorner.com. Okay, guys, sponsor, and we're going to talk about extreme endurance. And do you feel that your health is on the edge? If you're getting to that stage of the season and you just, uh, or whether you're going through winter, depending on where you live in in the world, um, and you just think, oh, I'm right on the edge of getting sick here. And, or if you're somebody that gets sick fairly regularly, we've had some fantastic feedback on the Extreme Immune Boost, which you can get from xendurance.com. It's $44.90, you can use the promo code IAMTALK5, but we've had several people now give us feedback on, on this product saying they've been taking it, they've found that they've been getting sick far less regularly and uh, and just giving them a, a really nice boost. So whilst this product here may or may not actually help boost your performance, you know, what we look for in triathlon training is consistency. And well, I would argue it does boost your performance because if you're doing something, like I know what you're saying is it's not necessarily I like the extreme endurance where I'm going to notice a benefit post-training that's going to help me train better. But if you're not getting sick... Oh, it's a consistency. Yeah, you're not, you, you are going to train better. Mm. And it's, you know, it is that lack of consistency that the winter months will bring you. It's, mm. it's sometimes a little bit about mental discipline, mm-hmm. about making sure you put in strategies that are going to cater so you get out the door on cold days or at least train indoors on cold days. But also the the more you can look after your body during those months where you're more vulnerable, the increased chances are you're going to do quality training. And that means that when you get out of that cold season, 
then you're going to be in a much better position and have a much more solid base leading into your summer months. So, and and likewise, when when you are going on the extreme, whether you're doing say maybe a, a full on little camp or whether you're doing a race or or just going for a really hardcore week of training, um, again that is when your body's immune system is getting nailed down and down and down. That's where you are a lot more susceptible. So that's the, the times where you know a product like this can can really come in handy just to keep you from sort of hurtling over the edge um, you're still going to get tired and, and be on edge but it's just going to give you that little boost that you might not be able to get from your everyday uh, everyday nutrition so check it out xendurance.com it's called extreme immune boost and uh, remember to use the promo code imtalk5 okay next up we have an interview with barbara nelson and she's uh she's the lady we've got talking about menopause mm-hmm. and uh listen to the first show of this ever which is Mm. Can you remember listening to the first show? Have you, got, have you gone back and listened? I think I may have done it years ago, but it was pretty painful. Yeah, it was pretty painful. Yeah. I think uh, Karen Balance was our first interview a few weeks in. Yep, she was. A, yep. Yeah. And then Scott came on. Yep. The first show is, is we, we, we introduce ourselves. Yes. We finally listened to our introductions. Hi, my name's John, and I've got Bevan here. And I am Bevan, and I teach fitness. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, those good, were the days. Those were the days. Who would have thought, eh? Who would, Who would have thought? Okay, so here's Barbara, and she's got some really great insight for for us men who know nothing about this, and for maybe you females out there who are coming closer to this age or will have it at some stage in your life. Here we go. Here's Barbara. Right, a few weeks ago, Bevan, we had a, a question that we had no clue on whatsoever. Well, to be honest, we don't know much about women. No, just as overall. No, no. no. So and this was a deep female question, wasn't it? Was. It was. It was around menopause, and uh, I know that my mum was hard work. Yes. Yeah, I do remember that bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and she, she hot went, flushes. Hot flushes. Yeah. yeah. And and we didn't really have a clue what that meant, and so we kind of thought, firstly, we want to answer the question, and secondly. Um, Obviously, Bevan and I are not going to go through it, or we, we may go through a male version of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, we go through the effects. Yeah, a lot of you guys out there and, and girls will be going through it, but guys will have um, partners or wives that are going through it, and maybe how we can assist. So today we've got a listener from the sh- of the show, Barbara Nelson, on, who's an obstetrician. She can explain what she's yeah, what she, basically she does everything. Yeah, she's a to some, a high level. Yeah, so so welcome on to the show, Barbara. Hello. Maybe tell us about your qualifications because there were some some big words in there, and I tried to start typing them down, and I, and I just once we get past three letters, we stop. Yeah. yeah. So, so fill us in on 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 a bit about yourself and and uh, and how you're sort of qualified to to go over some of these topics. Well, I'm a physician in the United States. My specialty is obstetrics and gynecology, which is babies and women's health care. I also have a background in exercise physiology. That's where I got my college degree. And currently, I practice medicine part-time and teach college full-time in, ex- in exercise sciences. And do you do Ironman as well? I have finished 11 Ironman triathlons. I'm training. Number 12 is in about five weeks. I'm doing Ironman Wisconsin. So you really are superhuman, aren't you? I'm trying to get into Kona the legacy way. Oh, oh. so wait a second. So you've done 11, so, and, and they've all been Ironman races? Correct. Oh, wow. So one more race. One more, and then I can apply for the legacy lottery. And do you, and do you have an idea of um, what kind of time frame it would be before you'd be able to do Kona? You know, I've emailed the Ironman Corporation. They've had the legacy lottery for two years. Yep. The first year, they told me they had 150 applicants for 100 spots. Oh, okay. So I emailed them back the second year thinking that numbers would go way up. 
they wouldn't tell me the exact numbers, but they said it was slightly more. Oh, mm. okay. That's interesting. So, uh, I mean, those odds are much better than the 7,000 people applying for the 100 random spots. So, I think I have a pretty good chance within a year or two of oh, that's awesome. reaching the 12th. It's great, isn't it? So, because it is, I know we're kind of going off topic here, but it's, you know, you're someone who's been in love with the sport for a long time. It's nice to be able to have a, a way to be rewarded for your loyalty. Absolutely. It's the only way I'm going to get into Kona. I'm not fast enough to qualify. Yeah, and, and we're, you're actually recording the show before we start into the, the the issue of the day. Is is you've got to give some relationship advice because Barbara's actually in Hawaii at the moment celebrating a 30th wedding anniversary. That is crazy. Absolutely. What's, what's one, not, give us one tip to make it work. One tip. Only one. Um, support support each other in the activities that you like to do. My husband's a golfer and I'm a triathlete. He will go to any Ironman race where there's a great golf course. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, for, for Hawaii, there's some bloody good golf courses down there around Manalani and stuff. So I recently go. did Ironman Coeur d'Alene and they have a really famous golf course there with a floating green out on the lake. Oh, so. Wow. He did a couple rounds the day before the race and then supported me on race day. Oh, great. Very nice. Okay, so now, now John, to the big topic. The big topic. So I, I guess um, most of us have got a, a, a guys, I'm talking from a guy's perspective, a, a passing understanding of what menopause is. Can you, can you maybe sort of just to define what actually menopause is? And you've also got a term down here, pre-menopause. So maybe just sort of go through some, some basic level stuff. Okay, let me just start at the beginning. When we're young women, we go through menarche, and that's when our ovaries start to function and we start to ovulate and we start hormone production. That usually starts about 10 to 12 to 13 years of age. We go through our rep- reproductive life. We, we make hormones to be fertile, and then towards um, middle age, we start losing that ovarian function. There's a period of time called perimenopause, and that happens in the mid-40s usually as your ovarian function st- starts to kind of wax and wane. Some women experience hot flashes and irregular menstrual cycles, heavy bleeding, and other sorts of problems. And menopause is the time where your ovarian function completely stops. You stop producing estrogen. Your ovaries have basically stopped working. That usually occurs about the age of 50, 51 mm. on an average so the rest of your life without ovary infection is called the postmenopausal period. And, and so that's basically the hormonal setup of this. And I mean, um, it, it obviously varies from woman to woman as as to how severe this is. Is this something that every female is is going to go through, and the severity of it is um, you know, is obviously a scale of severity. Oh, absolutely. There's some women that their periods just stop and they go on living their life and they don't experience any symptoms. They're the lucky women. But there are lots of women that have horrific mood swings and hot flashes and irregular menstrual cycles for five to six to seven years. And sometimes if it interferes with their life so severely, we treat them with um, hormones and other means of treatment. Is it something you know, like if for a female who who traditionally would would say has like tough periods, does it does it kind of does that correlate to a harder menopause or? Is, is it does not. It does not correlate to that at all. There's only a couple correlations to menopause. One of them is family history. You kind of will do a little bit what your family does. Okay. Your mother age. Um, also, smokers tend to have an earlier uh, menopause. Oh, really? Other than that, there's really no correlation to your um, the what your lifetime experience with your menstrual cycles is to your experience with your ovarian function. However, women who are overweight or obese 
will usually have a little bit less severe symptoms than thin women because um, of the estrogen aromatization that happens in fat cells. So people who are overweight have more circulating estrogen and it doesn't come from the ovaries alone. Wow. So, so other, than, other than going and getting fat, <laughs> is, is there anything females can do to, I don't know, to prevent the onset of, of menopause or anything they can do to maybe mitigate the factors to, to possibly making it a little bit easier or, or is it basically, as you said, uh, just genetics? Well, when I first started practicing medicine about 15 years ago, we used to really aggressively treat menopause with hormone replacement therapy. Um, we, women, when women experience severe symptoms, we would give them estrogen and progesterone and um, kind of ameliorate their systems. But there were some studies that came out several years ago that showed that these hormone replacement therapies increase the risk of blood clots and oh, wow. um, you know breast cancer, uterine cancer, and other issues. So now we use hormone replacement therapy for a temporary low-dose solution in women who have really severe symptoms. Mm. But a couple of the other things that we have to watch after menopause are both um, muscle loss and bone loss. Oh, really? What, what happens after menopause and you stop making estrogen is your bone density decreases fairly rapidly. So this is when we start monitoring women for osteoporosis. Yep. Also, there's just a typical aging muscle loss after the age of 50. Well, actually, after the age of 30, if a woman is inactive, they'll lose about 3 to 5% of their muscle mass per decade. That's, real, that's mostly in inactive women. But in all women, even active women, there is a loss of muscle. This is um, hormonal. It's due to a decreased protein synthesis, and it's also due to some neuromuscular issues as well. So, so at that time... You know, you, you're going through your menopause and then there's going to be loss of bone density and your muscle, you know, growth or, you know, your mass muscles. So what, what can we do to prevent or lessen the effects of that? Well, I worry the most in a really athletic female, females, if you've heard of the female athletic triad, some women that are super athletes train so hard and there's this triad where women get uh, osteoporosis, mm -hmm. it comes hand in hand with eating disorders yep. and a loss of menstrual cycles and high training. Yep. If a woman has experienced the female athletic triad earlier in life, they are bound to have a much lower bone density when they hit menopause. So they need to be watched really closely for osteoporosis. My menopausal patients, I really have them focus on strength training to try to decrease the sarcopenia and bone loss as well. And there are um, pharmaceutical medications that treat osteoporosis as well. Because, uh, I mean, I don't know if a lot of people realize, you know, for, for elite athletes, um, a very high percentage of them have uh, eating disorders, and a very high, yeah, very high percentage of them don't don't have their periods um, when they're going through that, you know, very intense training part of their life. And, and I guess that just becomes normal for them, and they maybe don't quite understand the consequences. Yes, and that's the age of their life where they're putting down their skeleton, the pr predominant portion of their bone density, and if they have. Um, not done a good job of it in their earlier years when they're when they're elderly they're much more at risk for osteoporosis and fractures mm. so I, I guess um yeah in terms of symptoms and and treatments you've talked a bit about what you do for you know in terms of strength and conditioning in terms of in some cases you do medication but I guess maybe some symptoms of, of for both males and females to, to identify that, hey, maybe this is starting to happen to me, what should people sort of be, be on the lookout for? 
Well, the biggest symptoms that women complain of in menopause is irregular menstrual cycles, hot flashes, and also the loss of estrogen causes vaginal dryness. Um, there are a lot of metabolic issues that can come along with menopause, so I recommend that women approaching that age get a good physical exam. They get their thyroid checked. They get their iron checked. Many of them are not sleeping well, and that will really interfere with their training. Also, a good hormonal panel because when women go through menopause, often their testosterone levels will plummet very, very low. And we can replace their testosterone with either a cream. We'll also supplement the hormone DHEA, which is a precursor for testosterone in women. So I recommend a really good basic blood workup for most women. Um, the sleep disorders um, is usually due to night sweats. So some women need hormone replacement therapy just to get them through the first early years of menopause when these symptoms are, are the most severe. Uh, you, did, you just sort of mentioned testosterone and testosterone cream, and I, and I know that, um, oh, who's that guy, Kevin Motes, who tested positive for, for, for testosterone. A lot, lot of boxers use it as well. Yeah, is, is that something um, people need to be aware of in terms of if you're a, a very good age grouper, uh, you know, you can potentially be... Um, done for cheating. To, done for cheating and Well, if, if, if someone's placed on it pharmacologically, they need to file the therapeutic use exemption paperwork mm. with their governing agency. But also, normally what I will do is when I start a patient on testosterone and DHEA is I'll start them on a baseline dose and then um, check their blood levels again in about six weeks. And <clears throat> my intention is not to push them into blood doping ranges of testosterone levels, but to mm. restore them back to normal. So, so, you know, okay, so you, you may be hitting menopause that time in your life, um, and, you know, we've got the kind of the big symptoms we've talked about, but as an athlete, what, what are you going to experience, and how is this going to restrict your training, or does it restrict your training, and if so, what are some strategies that we need to put in place that we can, so we can still have quality sessions? Well, the biggest thing is the sarcopenia, which is the aging loss of muscle. The muscle loss that we the muscle that we lose the most is fast twitch muscle fibers. Okay. So that's why we get better at endurance when we're older is we're losing a lot of our fast twitch muscles. For some women, there's really not a big effect at all on their training if they're getting their sleep normally. They're just going to notice the normal aging decreasing in their times as they get older because of this sarcopenia. Even if you do exercise, you'll still lose some of your muscle loss, but a lot less than the sedentary people. So basically, if you don't have a lot of symptoms of menopause, you're just going to experience kind of the normal aging decreases in your time as well. So the other thing that um, older athletes need to uh, be mindful of, we can't do the volume that we did when we were younger. So we have to make sure we have some really good recovery days in our training. Well, I've got a, I've got a running business and, we've, and we do tend to get a lot of kind of females who are in that kind of age range and they often talk about the hot flushes. Is that just something you have to just work through? You know, there's been some studies that show if you take inactive women and you put them on an exercise program that it will decrease the incidence of hot flashes. Okay. But in women that are extremely active, it's kind of just a thing they have to deal with. Okay. And, and <laughs> dealing with that is, therapy. Uh, uh, that is just about getting cooler. Like, how do you deal with it in the moment? Suffer. <laughs> okay, really. <laughs> it's good to turn be a guy. A turn down the, turn down, you know, turn on a fan. Um, a lot of women, uh, you'll see them, their, their skin will flush and the, they will start sweating. It's, it's annoying. Yeah, go. Okay. Um, there are some herbal formulas that some women use here in the United States. There's like an over-the-counter red clover supplement. There's some wild yam. And some women use some of the, 
the, some some women use it with success. Other women say it doesn't do a dang thing. Okay, like all um, supplements. So if if for, for, I guess again more for the the boys out there at the moment, you know. Um, it, any, I mean, you've been married for thirty years, so you've obviously got uh, you know some some fairly good relationship skills going on there. But any advice for how partners can can you know help understand what women are going through and and potentially how they might be able to support them through I don't know what could be a fairly lengthy process. Well, another thing that comes along with the hormone changes is some women experience a depression. Um, uh, the the hormones estrogen and progesterone act on our brain. Um, neurotransmitters that are associated with depression. That's why we have postpartum depression and PMS and all these other mood disorders. So if your partner is going through menopause and ex- experiences depression symptoms, you need to be really understanding and supportive. And sometimes you have to encourage them to seek um, care. Because <laughs> sometimes they're so down that they, can, they don't recognize that in themselves, that they're really depressed. Mm. Um, and I suppose, or just, just how do you support them in that? Uh, well... Don't, don't. Um, <laughs> no, because I know, like, like, as, as, you know, like, um, you know, those times, it's obviously a very challenging time in someone's life. And uh, a lot of guys, you know, guys traditionally just try to sweep things under the car- carpet and males tend to kind of avoidance is how they deal with these kind of issues. And if your partner's going through this and they don't feel they can get the support of their partner, that can often, I imagine, create a lot of kind of conflict in the relationship. So, you know, if guys can be aware that this is what their partner can go through, what what are the things that we need to be aware of and how to deal with this situation as best as possible? Well, if you really see him undergo some of the depression symptoms, I think just a heart-to-heart talk, you know, say, honey, I notice you're not enjoying things like you used to do. You don't seem as happy. Um, do you think maybe we, we could get you into a physician and get you some help? Is there anything I can do to make, you know, make your life easier? Mm, mm, don't yeah. make fun of them when they're throwing off their covers in the middle of the night and turning the air conditioning on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of understanding, <laughs> and, and and I guess um, one topic we've been discussing quite a bit on the show recently is is, is heart related issues. Sort of been a bit of a topic of choice for the last few weeks. You also noted is is there sort of any correlation between heart disease and, and menopause? Yes, interestingly, women um, have heart disease at rates of men after they go through menopause. We're relatively protected by estrogen until menopause, and then our heart disease risks increase to those of a man. Mm. So also women have more, they're more likely to have their heart attack be fatal. We have smaller, we have a smaller heart and we have smaller blood vessels. So um, coronary artery disease is more severe in women and they have a higher death rate from heart attacks. So, so, what, so you, what you're saying there is men have got big, big friendly hearts and women are just heartless. Little, little, little tiny hearts with little tiny blood vessels. <laughs> um, What's the like? It's obviously a pretty challenging time in, in a lot of females' lives. And what's the benefit of getting through menopause? Like afterwards, is it you know? Because I imagine not having your period every month is probably quite nice. Like, is, is it, what's the positive? Yeah. Uh, you know, absolutely, absolutely. Um, periods make most women anemic. We experience iron deficiency anemia. Mm. So after menopause, our hemoglobin levels finally, for once in our life, approach the levels to that of a man. <laughs> Really? Wow. So we get a little bit of oxygen carrying capacity bonus out of that. Nice. So, yeah. So I suppose the key messages are, you know, that for a lot of females out there, this is something you're going to go through, obviously. But you know, to try keep your strength work up during that time, to accept a little bit of the, you know, the the, the downsides of it, 
um, and, and look for hormone. If it gets severe, then go see your doctor and look for the hormone kind of replacement stuff. Yeah, and then look, and then follow, monitor the health risks that increase after menopause. Um, get your bone density checked. Um, monitor your cardiovascular risk factors, like your cholesterol levels, and you know a, a, a treadmill stress test if that's indicated. Mm. Because um, often heart disease in women is kind of ignored. <laughs> mm, definitely. Oh, it's a topic um, neither of us knew much about. No, no, it's interesting insight. A bit more enlightened um, than we were previously. So, Barbara, so you've got um, Wisconsin coming up? Absolutely. And then I'm doing uh, Florida. Nice. <laughs> that's my PR course. I want to go back 10 years later and set another PR. Oh, that's good. That's awesome. <laughs> that's what we like. Bring it on. We'll That's let, right. We'll let you get back to your uh, to your, night, your your holiday there in, in Hawaii while we're suffering here. And the it's actually not that cold. No, it's, it's quite it's quite nice. nice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, thanks very much for your time and awesome um, stuff. Oh, and, just lastly, where do people go? Obviously, yeah. their own doctors, but is there like a good resource website? You know, there are many, many, many. Okay, um, just great. Google just it. Google it. You'll find lots of information about menopause. Awesome. Awesome, Barbara. You enjoy the rest of your holiday, and thanks so much for your time. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you very much. I've Champion. been a listener since show number one. Wow. Oh, dear. You, you've gone through a lot of pain then. <laughs> yeah. That's right. A lot of sound. I'm, I'm one of the early nicknames. I'm Barbara the Jet Rocket Nelson. Nice. 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 Awesome. Love your work. Cool. Awesome. Okay. She was a cool chick, eh? Very good. Very knowledgeable. Speaks well. Yeah, man. She was like just a... Choice, choice, that's a key we're saying. Choice, bro. She was choices, bro. Mm. Choices, bro. Well, so, so I tell you what, John, it's good to be a guy. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, it comes in handy. It does. In some ways in life, guys definitely get a bit of an easier hand. Mm. You know, like imagine each month bleeding. <laughs> right, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Let's brush that one under the carpet. Oh, but, but thanks, Barbara, for that because, again, like, I had no insight and. Um, and I'm sure a lot of guys out there. And I think the, the key message, you know, for obviously female listeners, hopefully you got something from that. And from us male, male, it's been you know, a bit understanding. Yeah, definitely. Eh? You know, and as I know, as I talked to her on the show, my mother was she was hard work when it came to that time of the month, very hormonal, and and you keep, you know, she she let you know about it. But you know, like you don't, you know, try to support your partner through that tough time. Mm. That's the key message. And go check out your wife's family history, and if her mother had heavy menopause, yeah. Maybe when you go on a date with a girl, when yeah. you, if you're single, go on a date and go, what was your mother's menopause like? Yeah. And if she goes bare, go, oh, look, oh, yeah. I've got yeah. somewhere there I need oh. to be. I just need to go to the toilet. <laughs> go to the toilet. <laughs> to a runner. Yeah. Um, yes. On to Athlinks.com. Sponsor. Sponsor, John. Athlinks.com. Now, we talked about this a few weeks ago and the I Am Talk race team. It's pretty straightforward. You go on to Athlinks and you can just uh, – click on the, the clubs or you can go in uh, via um, a couple of different ways but the clubs is the easiest and then just type in I am talk one word race team and then that'll pull up um, a bunch of clubs and you can just join into, join into this and then all your results will be propagated into um, the I am talk team and you can compare yourself against other I am talk athletes so when we looked at Ironman Australia we had Gary Mayer and uh, I'm pretty sure Gary's got a Got a nickname, but I can't remember off the top of my head. 10 hours 20, first I Am Talk finisher. Adam Zahara was 10.58. Timothy Egg was 11.20. And Greg Gorman was uh, 12.52. So those were the I Am Talk finishers there. So basically what it does, pulls everybody together. You can do it um, at any race you want to, it just automatically does at any race. Let's stick with the Aussies. The Noosa Half Marathon does your running, does your swimming. I don't know what A stands for. 
Leatherman's Loop. What do you think A stands for, Bevan? I don't know, John. You got running, you got swimming, you got triathlon. Athletics. Anyway, athletics. Could be. Yeah. Noosa Half Marathon. Paul Hackett took it out. 123. Christopher Slocum, 133. And Sean Riley, 137. Nice work. So if you do this, you stand a good chance of getting your name read out. Especially those big races. We want to see um, you know, the, the really big Ironman races. We want to see lots of I am talk finishes in there so we can uh, we can go in there and especially around the Kona time make sure you claim your results and uh, we can check it out final one I'm going to do Escape from Alcatraz Triathlon we had uh, Mark the, my nemesis um, Gagan who is a pretty sure he's a Kona winner of his age group oh so yeah, 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 his, um, yeah Albert's mate yeah yeah good guy lovely guy and Lovely guy, he's such a nice guy. He outran me in the buddy kind of seventy point three. And oh, did he, John? You didn't tell by, me that. By a couple of seconds. Oh. But that's actually it gives me confidence. I'm on target because he's a three hour runner at Ironman and in, in Kona. So if I'm running the same sim, you'll be happy with that. I'm, I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took that out in two thirty six. Uh, second in his age group. Wonder who took him down. Um, Sydney Zven was second in two forty seven, and Darren Faulkner was third in three eleven. And uh, yeah, so good times. Okay, well, there you go. Athlinks.com, guys, check it out. Okay, um, are we going to do anything else? We've got qu- no questions else? No, that's it. Quickly, nicknames. Check, let's, let's do some nicknames. Let's see if I can find James it. Thomas. He, 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 he's, he's been bugging us. He says, Where's my bloody nickname? Yeah. He just sent us a couple of emails. Hurry up, boys. Yeah. And he wants to be the exploding snail. And I don't know. Can we? Are we going to allow – this is a precedent, Bevan. Yeah, I don't think we can do it. No. I don't think you – don't, you don't donate and say, here's my nickname. Yeah. You donate and you go, create some magic for us. Yes. You know, so what are you going to create, John? I've got the second one. I'm going to go for the second one. Oh, I was just just about to do that. You do the first one. Okay, okay well, let's uh, – you just carry on with yours. I've got to have a look at James's uh, profile on Athlinks to see if he's got anything that's going to give me any clues. Okay, well, James Matthew Regan, which made me think of Reagan. Is it Reagan or Regan, do you think? Ah, oh, God, I don't know. It's R E G E A N. Yeah. Reagan, 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 Reagan. I've gone with the president. I know it's obvious. Yeah. But the president's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, because you, if you're the president, That's an easy one. you're the most powerful man in the world. Yeah. So you could almost say the president, the most powerful man in the world. There we are. There's your nickname. I've got a conundrum here, Bevan. What? A conundrum. So we've gone to Athlinks and we've got James Thomas. Yep. And, uh, there's, there's a few of them. There's a James Thomas from Vancouver, British Columbia. You've got a James Thomas from Middlesbrough. Cleveland, and you've got a couple of other ones up there. I'm going to go from James Thomas from Vancouver, okay. British Columbia, and let's have a look at his profile. So this may not even be the right person, but you're going to make a total nickname based on that. Yeah, this, good. This James Thomas good. started tries two years ago when he wrote this up and uh, moved to 10k races, sprint tries, half marathons, half Ironmans, doing an Ironman in August 2008. James, about time you updated your profile on <laughs> here. What next? Lost 35 pounds and and about 10 years in doing this wonderful stuff. So he's got a bit of a red uh, outfit going on there. He's um, he's obviously a Canadian, so we'll go with the. Uh, I'm thinking red rocket, but I want a different word other than rocket. Um, red explosion. The, the red no. The something beginning with R. The red racer. The red. The red rambler. Rioter. The red rambler. The red rambler. James. The red rambler. Thomas. Okay, and it may not even be the right person. But that's what you're getting, James. Yeah, that's the thing. You just get what you're given. Because what's the worst one ever? John Newsom. Is that what I gave somebody? In, uh, John, Thomas um, Peoples. Yeah, I think I did give him. And I vetoed it and came back with something else. Yeah. But Lance Miller. 
Yeah. Now, Miller, you think Miller time, don't you? Because that's a you big do. slogan. And yeah. I didn't want to go Miller time. And you didn't want to go Lance Armstrong time. No, let's no. stay away from that cheat. Yeah. <laughs> that blatant cheat. Um, so, John, Miller time is good, but you, it's too obvious. Okay. So maybe we could go with um, Thriller time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, James Thriller time Miller. Lance. Oh, sorry. Lance Thriller Time Miller. Or Lance Miller Thriller Time. Yes. Go. Okay, I've got to write this down because I've got to go on my list. Yes, that's good. Thriller Time Miller Time. Okay. Yeah, that's even better. Good. Thriller Time Miller Time. There we go. Lance Thriller Time Miller Time. And the last, last one we had that's a contributor from um, who's already has a name. You must come up with this one. Richard, don't mess with the scary bear at Waddington. I think you did that. I wouldn't have come up with that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I wouldn't have come up with that. That's yours. You're only that one. Because the Whitington's the beer. Right. I think that's what you came up with. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so if you want to donate to the show, <clears throat> if you donate to the show now, it's going to our 2014 Kona fund. So basically, yes. we're now starting to save for 2014. We're going to be going back to Kona. We're going to be doing all the shows as always, and uh, John's racing, and uh, which means I'm working a lot. <laughs> A lot. Oh, I'll be helping Barry, so if you're going this year, you need to go back next year as well because then you can be Bevan, one of Bevan's assistants. He'll, he'll, uh, yeah, he'll have some good inside. Yeah, Barry's good. He'll have some good inside. He's our American ambassador. I know. Yeah. yeah. So, so there you go. go. If you want to donate to the show, go to imtalk.me and you've got to support the show. You can do a one, uh, $1 per show donation or just a one-off donation and uh, it's all good times. Okay, here we go. If you're going to Vegas and spending $10 million a week on gambling, yep. just do one of those $100,000 chips at us. Just flick just, it. Just flick one. Hey, here's a tip. Here's a it. tip. Was it Perry Carey Petco, was it? The Australian dude? He used dude? to be a big gambler. And he didn't have enough money to take the casinos. Mm. So he would go in and he would, like he had more money than the casinos. And so apparently a lot of casinos in Vegas wouldn't let him gamble there. Mm. Yeah, and, he, and apparently he, he would tip 100,000 bucks to the mm. You'd love if he came in, eh? He would indeed. That would change your life. Plonk down here on your $5 table. Didn't someone like rob his, his safe in his, in, his, in his office? And it was like, $5 million worth of gold in there. Really? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. It's, I vaguely remember a story like yeah. that. Anyway, John, what have you been doing since in the second week I've been away? Second week been away. Where are we up to? Uh, we're up to the, so this week is the 20th, the week of the 20th. Oh, it was August. my birthday yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. Thanks, baby. mate. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Presents. Damn, mail. Seems to happen every year. Yeah, well, you probably didn't know my location where I'm yeah. in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. send it to the Bellagio and you weren't staying there. No, bugger it. <laughs> yeah. I'll go, I'll go talk to him tomorrow. Yeah. Is there a present here for me? <laughs> <laughs> From John Newsom. Uh, sorry, sir. We don't know what you're talking about. Um, yep, my birthday, I'm 36. Good. Yep. Now I'm mid-30s. You're aged up. Well, no, because 34 ups mid-30s, isn't it? Yeah. Next year, late 30s. Mm. You're late 30s, aren't you? Some would say that. Yeah, well, I think mm. you could say 37 is late 30s. It's still a little way off 40 yet. Well, not really. It's got to come around real soon. Does 40 worry you? No, not at all. What about 80? No, I'd, I'd probably rather be dead by the time I get to 80. Oh, that's not very optimistic. <laughs> I would be. No, because you think, you think now, 50 years ago, health, if you you, you got a heart, you got a bad mm. heart, you, you're gone. Mm. You know, a lot of the diseases you had, you're gone. We're going to have bad hearts after doing all this stream. Well, you are. I've given up. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I thought I'm stopping before I die. But so 50 years ago, but medical technology 50 years later is massively improved. So if we go 80, you're 30. So let's, you know, so another 40, kind of five years mm. from now, mate, 80 is going to be like being 20. It's going to be the, the new 20. I'll, I'll be done. <laughs> the only thing I'd miss is, is kids and kids, kids and stuff like that. But the rest, I, I want to be done by then. Really? Yeah. 80? Yeah. I'm going for 150. Yeah. Good for you. Have you ever heard of Ray Kurzweil? No. 
John, if you want to get lost in some crazy thinking, Ray Kurzweil, do a search for Ray Kurzweil. Ray Kurzweil was this guy, he, uh, just a brainy, he invented a scanner. When he was like 15, he invented like the synthesizer, like a keyboard. Right. Like he's yeah. a genius. He was yeah. a genius. Yeah, I was wondering your headphones about to fall off. In the 80s, he, he wrote this book. I can't remember what it's called. And he kind of predicted how life would be now. Mm-hmm. And he kind of got pretty much all of it right. Mm-hmm. And then he's written another book. I think it's called The Singularity is Coming. And, uh, and, and he's predicting where we'll be in the future. And, and what he kind of talks about is if we think about human evolution, mm-hmm. we kind of evolve very slowly, you know, mm-hmm. if you think about you know, us. But when you think about computers, they evolve exponentially. They evolve fast and they get smaller. So, you know, this iPhone I have in my hand, this was a room 10 mm-hmm. years ago. Yep. You know, this, you know, the, the computing powering I have. And it's so much faster and it gets smaller. Mm-hmm. And he basically looks at the calculations that you can do and he kind of says that we can kind of figure out where things will be based on the calculations that we can discover. So Ray Kurzweil says, for example, he thinks that the computer will be able to generate as many calculations as a human brain probably within like the next 15 years. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the century, there'll be a trillion times more advanced in calculations they can do mm-hmm. because it's exponential. Mm-hmm. Now, he says that he thinks that if you can live to 20, I think it's about 2037, you'll have mm-hmm. to live forever. Right. Because what basically will happen is the, the the computer will get so small, will basically live inside your body. Right. You'll have computers in your bloodstream, and you'll, it will tell you what you need to replace as you move along. So you'll be yeah, it's, it's guys. There's a there's a documentary on him. It's mind blowing. Now, if the guy had never had done anything, you wouldn't have much credibility. But he's done. He's had so much. He's done so much, and he's kind of predicted so much of where we've been. Mm. Like, oh, seriously, download right. some of his stuff. You get lost in it for a day. Loving it. So I've, I'm, got my, just, I've got my Tuesdays free now, so I can do this. <laughs> exactly. And what you, oh, so what have you been up to? Um, I think I've got the next duathlon coming up this weekend. Oh. And I've just been I've been whining and dining my wife. Just been taking her out and oh, really? f- throwing flowers. But you're not that emotional. Yeah. You're, you're a newsome. You're you, British. That's the thing. You've just got to do nothing and then just spring something out from time to time. Oh, so you have the your your your, your strategy Stealth. is low standard ninety nine percent of the time, high standard one percent of the you time. You got it, baby. <laughs> you get a mess Treat it mean, keep it keen. <laughs> Treat it mean, keep it keen. <laughs> <laughs> I once had a girlfriend who I did that too. And the unfortunate thing is it really did work. Oh, yeah. I was such a prick to this girl. <laughs> it was when I was young and I was yeah. uh, you know and I was this was just the most horrible partner. And she just she just kept coming back for more. Mm. In the end, I broke up with her because I felt sorry for her. <laughs> so, seriously, I was not a nice partner when I was a young man, I tell you. But I'm uh, mature, John. Yeah, yeah, I'm mature. I'm mature. Yep. So, anyway, let's um, wrap it up. Next week, I'll be in San Fran. i got a question for you, Ben. Oh, go, here we go. I love this. Actually, should we save this? No, 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 go. Do you, uh, oh, it was last week's show. We should have done it on last week's show because it was all Too the late. statistic stuff. Do you think without Chrissy there, we're going to see the woman going slower? You know, so she lifted the bar, man. That was going up rapidly. We saw lots of incredible performances. Do you think this year, maybe Kona, Kona's not too far away, that we're going to see the standards slipping a little bit and they're oh, racing against each other. But wait a second, are you saying slower in comparison to Chrissy or the people behind Chrissy will get slower? Because like, are you saying, because Chrissy was miles above. Yeah. So probably 10, 15 minutes so, so they're not going to catch up to her times. But but you're saying that when she was around, they were, they were improving so they much were because they had a higher carrot in front of them. Mm. And so you're saying it's because the carrot's going away now, does that slowly kind of decrease? Mm. To say. I don't know because I think right now we have strong the competition of those top f- probably five or six girls mm. is so close so I wonder if they didn't have that 
yeah. that you, you may find that would be the case. Mm. So like if it was like the time before Chrissy when you had like a you had different people coming in and out of the top five all the time. Yeah, there was and you know, it could be, you know, there was a strong feel, but they there was kind of one girl who'd win and you know, mm. it was kind of wasn't that strong. Whereas right now, you know, you got Joyce, you got Caroline, you got Marinda, you got, you know, Kate, you yeah, know, yeah. um Cave, you got Mary Beth, you know, there's so many girls who are who are pretty bloody strong mm. and all very close to each other. So I think at this moment you probably won't see it. Mm. But maybe if we move into another period in a few years from now where that kind of fades away, you might just have the one or two dominant leaders. Yeah, and I'm gonna be interested to see. Interested How long do you see. think it will be before we where Chrissy's standard is the standard? Do you think we'll ever find that? Where everyone will be racing at what Chrissy's doing now? Oh, I think she was a bit of a freak. She was a bit like Paul Newby Fraser. That marker stood out there for a long time. Yeah. But are the second tier guys getting Paulus times now? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess they are. So you'd probably yeah. say it took the, the, the rest of the field, other than Chrissy, 10 to 15 years to catch up yeah. to. Yeah. So then if we think about Chrissy, will it be another 10 to 15 years yeah. where that's the right. standard rate? Because mm. if you think about the boys... Now, it was also around maybe the suspicious drug period, but, yeah. you know, 807, yeah, it yeah. took another 15 years for yeah. it to guys to get back to that. Yeah. So, mm, interesting discussion. Good we should talk more triathlon often. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Rightio, I'm Russ. I'm in it. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.